You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, I play my conversation with Dwayne Haskins when he talks about the impact Alex Smith has had on him. You may have read that story by me on ESPN.com recently, but this is the full interview. There was a lot of stuff in that story that I just couldn't get in, so I think it'll be a good listen for you. And then it's time for the mailbag. After two wins, it's not about therapy, but there is still a good deal of angst out there, if you know what I mean. And then, of course, it's on to Chef Mel. But first, my conversation with Dwayne Haskins. And you brought this up the other day about just the relationship you guys seem to have or how he's been able to help you. So how has he been able to really maybe, everybody's going to try and help you, but what's he been doing specifically to maybe to help you? Um, The thing with Alex is um, more so than anybody else, like he's real. His situation is very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into San Fran and um, being an early draft pick, he was the first overall. I was the first overall, and um, not only that, but uh, his, his trouble he went through his rookie year, mm-hmm. and then um, this relationship coming from the same uh, college coaches yeah. with, uh, with Urban. So, um, as a college kid, I used to hear so much stories about Alex, and you know, and now that I'm on his team, and uh, you know, Urban told me about him and everything about him, and how he's such a great dude, and everything that I heard about him was true. Um, just from the time that I met him since I've been drafted and then all the time we spent uh, just trying to help me get ready to, to play and prepare and uh, what it takes to, to be a, uh, a efficient starter in this league. And that, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to anybody, but you, got, you and Alex are in more comparable situations. So how important is that to hear him say, hey, this is what I went through and this is what, how I, you know, you know what I mean? Like to, yeah, I mean, all the quarterbacks have great insight and they all have their own different stories and things of that nature, but, you know, like, like you're saying, um, it's, Alex, I feel, uh, is more relatable, per se, my, his story, right. compared to mine, and um, um, his, the things that he's been through would be easier to help me than, say, somebody else, so uh, just, he's been really instrumental in that, and just, you know, being more hands-on with me as the season has gone on, and he's been a great resource for me. So it sounds like it's just, like, you guys talk whenever you can, more, No, nothing like, Hey, every Tuesday we're getting lunch here. Or well, just whenever. he's here every day, so right. I mean, every day we talk. Um, our off days on Tuesday, he's here, and um, he gave me stuff like tips to do um, as far as um, studying or you know lifting on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, so you have more time to go over the practice script and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And there's little small things that you know, you know, as a young guy, you just everything gets scrambled and you just get into a routine of what everyone tells you what to do, and then. Um, Alex is just trying to give me stuff that uh, helped him that uh, could possibly help me. So what are some things maybe in the last month that he's helped you with you, you've maybe changed? I mean, aside from you, had, you gave that example, is there anything else that you've changed, either done more of, done less of, to, you know what I mean, to maximize your time? Is there anything else that you've 
that he's told you that's been um he always tells me like you know you do what you need to do and um he just like just gives me like great great um stories great um experiences and things that he's he's been through here or in kansas city or in um in um in uh, san fran or at utah and um you know there's a lot of stuff a lot of things that he's been through the stories about urban like all the same stuff that like I've been through, right? And, um, you know, it's great to be able to have somebody to relate to, and then on top of that, being a great guy, somebody that um, has a really good heart, and um, you know, he's working on his own, getting himself, getting back to being a hundred percent, and um, you know, every way he can, whether that's in meetings or it's in the practice field, helping me, or just in the locker room, or in calling him up, and he's, 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 he's you, you give him a call once in a while, yeah, mm -hmm. and because he said. By and large, he stays away as much, maybe a little bit more from X's and O's and does more on some other stuff because it seems like approach at this level, you're going to get X's and O's from everybody, but he can help you with the other stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have your coaches, and that's what your coaches are for. But mm -hmm. um, just like um, you know what I'm saying, it's like with um, certain tips, like watch certain stuff this day or um, come in earlier on this day so you can lift and do this, and you know, and then you can find extra time to watch film with the coaches or um, ask about the game plan or um, getting a pre-workout before practice, uh, just the stuff like that, just uh, that can um, get you ready. So like, are you coming earlier on a Tuesday, for example, or something? Or no, I mean, I always had a schedule, but instead like, of coming in on Tuesday and then just going right to watching the film, I'll just come in and I'll lift, that way I don't have to lift on Wednesday. Okay. And I'll have more time Wednesday to talk with Tim or talk with Kevin and uh, get into the, the meat of the game plan and stuff. And I'm uh, just trying to find ways to uh, maximize time. One thing he talked about too for himself is learning how to work at this level because it's different than college and you're just going through different things. Did you have to learn that as well? Yeah, I mean, um, work is work. I just think um, the detail in which um, you work or study has to be a little bit more detail oriented just because of um, the time being spent on certain things and in college you had a regimen and that's what you followed and right. that's what worked and there wasn't much deviation from that but you know once you get into a, a routine here in the NFL and you're a professional you do what you need to do to get yourself ready until um, you're ready to go so whether that's um, getting a massage on Mondays and Fridays or whether that's getting a float take certain days or getting uh, dry needled or getting a um, in a hot tub therapy or staying two hours after Fridays when everyone leaves and goes home and goes over the game plan or like coming in instead of 9 o'clock coming in at 8 on Tuesday to lift and okay. stuff like that um, just like to find time to maximize um, the time that you have. Has it helped on the field? Does that do, do like you know I mean even doing little things like that do you notice a difference because you can spend a little bit more time here or does it? Yeah I mean I definitely just feel like it um, helps with this um uh, being, being not not being, but like knowing more situational stuff and having more confidence because you've went over the play instead of six times, eight times, okay. or nine times, and this was something that um you can find time to uh, just to help with um, what's going on as far as watching this extra protection one more time or um, going over this concept again and then going against it versus different coverage that you might have not talked about before just so that you're more prepared going into the game. And he said one thing he knows with you and others have huddle command cadence too. 
in the last month that it's been better. Do you agree with that? And if so, why? Yeah. Um, I haven't been in huddle or I had to like really go over cadences since right. high school. So um, in college, it was always king, king, set, go, or ready, ready, set, go. There wasn't any um, different cadence variations of going on one, going on two, going on WK, WK going on a, um, a quick count, going on a second color, going on a whole bunch of different mm -hmm. things that um, I didn't have to do. So it wasn't like it was something that I didn't know how to. I just it wasn't wasn't my best thing. And um, calling plays in the huddle in college, I only had to call a play maybe like eight times throughout the game just mm -hmm. because of you know timeouts right. or before game starts or after halftime. Just like it's not like now you have to call a play every play and um, just getting better with that and um, emphasizing certain words in the play and, and a certain tag when you look at the guy who's getting tagged and this is your tag okay. and stuff like that and it just helps because as a young guy you just remember to play so it's, it's a lot of so stuff like, yeah so like if you just go over play really fast and the guy's like what do you say or he you know, doesn't really know what I'm saying not doesn't know but like no. it goes by fast and the players can be really wordy sometimes and certain guys listen to certain stuff so just knowing just slow it down it's a bunch right Z left past 16 Wanda Y Sith Z Nudge X Glow and it's just stuff like that um, just so that it, it helps with the um, you know plays did you this is a little bit different but with everything because you you have you're playing so it's obviously gonna you're gonna see more energized and all that but was it hard because there was always so much attention focused on you and who wanted you who didn't whatever did that affect you and did it did you feel like anybody treated well, you pre draft pre post whatever because you all those stories are out there oh uh, um, did it affect you just like because like the stories were like well who wanted Dwayne you know who wanted to draft him you know what I mean like did, did the coach want did, did Jay want whatever did, did any of that affect you and did it ever did you ever feel that um, my understanding everyone in the building wanted me the other coaches wanted positions that need more than so quarterback that's something I can't control um, the guys who make the decisions decided to, to pick me and I'm here and um, you know of course like I try the best I can to ignore that stuff and I'm like 21 at yeah, the time. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. So I'm trying to best know that stuff, and um, the more that I play, the more that I've been here, that I've realized the the stuff that I tell myself, the stuff that I read, the stuff that I pay attention to, with saying it or not saying it, has an effect mentally and emotionally on me. So um, even if like even if I wasn't reading it, or someone like tagged me on Twitter about it, or someone texted me, oh, did you see Jay said this or you know, there's stuff out about this or, you know, whatever. Um, I really just try to mute that and block that out. Um, when I first met Tim, um, he always gave me this, uh, this when he like went through his like, quarterback notes and what he thinks about the position and how he coaches it. And one of the first things he always told me was the silence and noise. Hmm. And um, I remember Coach Day telling me about that as well because Coach Day was in with Philly with Bradford. And um, there was games where Philly fans were bad too and they were just – killing Bradford and he told me there was times where Sam came in the facility like he saw a ghost or something mm. and um, you know just like you know it's, it's really easy to get caught up into all that stuff because it's just everyone has access to getting their opinions to yeah. and what they think and you know at first I, w I wouldn't say it was bothering me but um, I was letting it um, letting it infiltrate my mind space and you know letting it be something that I, I was um letting me told to me so everyone that was trying to tell me about this or that i, I don't want to hear about that stuff anymore or on twitter instagram i only get notifications from people that i follow and then 
like I don't even look at football stuff on social media just because it's just so many different opinions and so many different stuff that can be said or different people saying this or different people saying that and um, you can't defend yourself for everybody so I don't look at it eventually you just you just gotta go and play but yeah. but I am because I am like even at my age stuff that would bother you if something says like that would annoy me and then I look at my sons who are your age like would really bother me at that age yeah. so that's why I wondered if there was like and if you felt it even from you know, like when did you feel it from Jay? You know, if you know, I mean, I, I talk to Darius about all the time. Darius is really active. On yes, he is. <laughs> and I was like, bro, you can't look at that shit, man. And it's like, bro, but like you're human. I'm human. Like I know I'm human, and that it's easy to like look at the social media and when you're playing well and everyone loves you, and then when you're playing bad or your team isn't good, everyone hates you. Yes. And it's, it's it's easy to look at stuff when it's good, but when it's bad, you can't just like I remember being in college and uh, we lost to Iowa, <laughs> and. Um, I, JT opened his phone to next to him, and he's like getting ripped on like Twitter and Instagram, and like like I, like he like he tells me when well, he told me I learned it from him. I delete all my social media apps before the game, and I don't download it to the day after. Really? And I don't even look at that stuff. And um, I felt like that helped because you know how I stay. You don't really have bad games. Right. You have like one or two tough games, and maybe a game when you get upset or something like that, and you know. People are always praising you, and then when it's bad, it's like everyone's throwing the, the tomatoes. And that was a week stuff. after beating Penn State, yeah. too, where he was a star. Yeah, <laughs> so that's just, I mean, just the highs and lows of the game, man. It's just, I mean, even with Case, and I mean, after the Bear, and during the Bears game, when Case had the game he had, yeah. he told me, like, man's a grown man's league, I mean, it's tough. And um, he had a tough game, and, you know, I, mean, I had some tough games with the Giants, and had to pick first of, first of Vikings, and it's real easy to get into it like a hole and it's really hard to dig yourself out. And I like began to feel myself digging myself in a hole. So then I decided to um, be positive for me, be, have better energy in what I'm, what I'm looking into, what I'm reading, what I'm allowing myself to be in my world. And uh, this is something that not everybody can uh, be able to, to look yourself in the mirror and tell them. And lastly, how much of Alex, does, does he help having someone like that to talk to or is that something more on your own? That's more on my own. Um, I think the biggest thing with Alex is just, just how to be a quarterback and everyone says they know how to and playing quarterbacks when I was 10 years old so it isn't like it's, it's something I've never done before but um, just hearing it from, from different people because no one has the, the tricks to the trade and the, the keys to everything and the tips to everything. Everybody does things differently so I mean it's good to hear from him someone I respect someone that I've watched growing up, and I think he's a great football player, <coughs> and he's willing to extend mm -hmm. himself to me, so why not um, use him as a resource? After this break, I'll be back to answer your mailbag questions, including a lot of talk about Bruce Allen, a new coach, and even Steven Sims. Okay, and now it's time for your mailbag questions. And it's not necessarily a therapy session, but there is a lot of angst still here that you can sense, obviously. So let's get right to it. Um, Mario, Re Mario Ruiz, at Mario R-U-I-Z, wants to know, are the wins hurting the chances of Bruce Allen getting fired? This crossed my mind after we won on Sunday. Would hate to root for losses, but need to get rid of him. Mario, nobody knows for sure unless you're talking to owner Dan Snyder. What I know, based on conversations with high-ranking officials, is that Snyder considers this the worst season of his tenure. 
and we know that all aspects of the organization will be evaluated. That obviously includes Bruce Allen. What I don't know is who will Snyder be seeking advice or guidance from in order to best evaluate the Redskins from a football operation. I have no clue what it would take for him to make changes. And what what would those changes be? Um, Would it be reassigning? Would it be firing? Would it be stripping of duties? I don't know. Would it take two more losses, four ugly ones? Will someone tell him to evaluate the 10 years as a whole and not just this year's finish? When he fired Vinny Serrato, the final nail really, from my understanding, was the Zorn fiasco. Um, He blamed Serrato for that hiring, and that's what ultimately cost him his job. If Snyder talks to more people who tell him it's one thing to have hired Jay Gruden, it was another thing to give him an extension and then keep him for almost six years, then yeah, a couple more wins I don't think will change anything in terms of the big picture. Um, But I would also say you should want the young guys to play well, and if they're winning because Dwayne Haskins is really showing progress, I don't know how that's a bad thing. Keep in mind that even with Allen, I do believe they would have had a couple 10-win seasons with a better overall coaching staff in the previous four years. Not saying that Allen should be kept because of that, but I'm just trying to maintain a level of perspective, um, which I think is kind of needed these days. And again, I don't know with Allen if it would be a reassigning, if there's anything that would happen. Um, I've heard all sorts of things over the last year. Um, and then, you know, I think with the re- if they wanted to reassign him, then it comes down to contract. How does that contract, how does this contract, what is the terms it spells out, if there's a reassignment, et cetera, et cetera. Would he then ask to be let go? I don't know any of that. But I think, I think anything has to be on the table when you've been this bad this year. And not just this bad, but with the, with the fan base feeling the way it is, the anger that's directed at the franchise, that doesn't feel like it's going to go any way, away anytime soon. Anyways, Jason at DAS Smurf. Wants to know thoughts on if there's a possibility that the Redskins hire Ron Rivera. And, of course, um, Jason knows that, like everybody else does, that Rivera was fired by the Panthers this week. But I have no idea if if they would hire him. I think it's the guy was just fired, so it's really hard to say. But I'd be surprised if someone in the NFL doesn't hire him as a head coach. There are a lot of Redskins fans turning their noses up at him. But keep in mind, he took over a 2-14 and team and had them in the NFC Championship game in his third year and the Super Bowl in his fifth. Yes, they've struggled since. Some of that is injuries to quarterback Cam Newton, kind of a big deal. You look at Sean Payton in New Orleans, and before this latest really strong run that they had, they had three straight years of 7-9. and nine. So don't, don't lose perspective on a coach just because of recency bias. The guy did a good job there early on. Now, is he a really good coach? I don't, I don't have a lot of deep insight into him as a coach. I've heard good things. I haven't, again, I haven't done the research to, to know more. Um, would he be the answer? I don't know. Should he be looked at? Of course he should be looked at. He's a, he's a guy who has won in the NFL, and he's considered a good leader. And what I've heard is that they like someone who has been a head coach before, someone who is a strong leader because that's a trait absolutely needed in that building, and I think they know that. Gruden was not a strong leader. The Redskins under Dan Snyder have often hired the opposite of what they've had. They need a strong, disciplined, detail-oriented coach. I don't know that that would dismiss anybody if there weren't, hadn't been a head coach, but I think that's something that would probably be very valued. One assistant I've heard who fits that bill is Eric Bieniemy with Kansas City. Um, that's, that's a guy that I would definitely look at, as, that I would look at as well. And this isn't about finding a great play caller. I don't even think he's calling the plays in Kansas City. It's about finding a coach who can impact culture because of their leadership and set a tone for the organization. 
And, you know, that's what I think they, they really need. So if Rivera fits that, then you have to look at him. It might be somebody else, but I think that's something that has to be put on the table. Um, at the real rel world, um, we always hear about it's Dan's decision on Bruce Allen's fate. How much power or influence, if any, does the, do the minority owners have in this decision? They can't be happy with low attendance and t- low TV ratings. I've heard that the minority owners actually like Bruce Allen. He has saved the franchise a lot of money with his, with his decisions. So, hmm, Allen also can be very personable when he wants. So I think, you know, that's why he's, a lot of people consider him a politician. That bodes, that fits well with minority owners. But I think it's the other owners in the NFL that probably can't be happy with the low attendance and ratings. This is a, I feel pretty strong, feel pretty safe in saying that. This is a flagship franchise, and I can almost guarantee you they're looking at Washington and wondering what the hell is going on. It hurts them. So I think that could have an influence on anything if there's pressure from the league or other owners to say, Dan, you got to do something because it's not working there. We can't, you know, the, the league can't have a franchise like this um, drawing what it is and, and really looking really bad for the league. All right, Nilo at Big DHTTR wants to know, how appealing do you think the Redskins job is compared to other openings? Seems like there's a good core of young talent compared to other teams. If we could fix the front office, could it be, could be a dream job, agree? I think you got to slow down on the dream job part there, pal. Um, let's not go there at this point. But the only, the only other opening right now is Carolina. They have a relatively new, new owner, so I don't know enough about him to say that this job is better or worse. I think that's a big part of this, of course. The optimistic side for Washington, I think this is what you're obviously latching on to. The Redskins do have a good deal of young talent to build around. I want to say it's something like, there. I think there were like 20 players, 25 or younger, who played key roles last week against Carolina on both sides of the ball. That's impressive. Now, not all of them are going to, to mature into stars or whatever, but there is, a good, there is a core of young talent that I think you can develop, especially on defense. And I think offensively there's more questions, but defensively you have a definite strong young core. They need Haskins to be someone other that another coach would want. For 5 to $7 million a year, I think any prospective coach would tell Snyder that, yeah, they love Dwayne Haskins. If they don't like him, I don't think they're going to interview here. I think that's a lock. Fixing the front office is a rather big deal, though, and they need to strengthen the pro personnel side, among other things. But they'd also be coming here at a time when Snyder has definitely stepped away more than ever, except for drafting the quarterback, of course. And he will still spend if that's what's required. So I don't, I'm not going to go to a dream job situation here. I think there's a lot that has to be fixed, but I think it could be a better situation if you strip away some of the other aspects, and just in terms of the roster and what you have to work with, but the quarterback is a massive key. So he's got to show improvement, continued improvement down the stretch um, to, to really be at that point. Matty Suzuki at Matty Suzuki wants to know, why would a coach with any self-esteem consider working for Dan and Bruce? Easy, Matt, money. And the fact is that this is one of 32 such jobs. Don't ever ignore that part. These guys are not fans. They're people who want jobs. They know that they could go from $1 million a year to five to six, $7 million a year. If it's all guaranteed money, that's a lot of change to set you up for a lifetime and your family up for a lifetime. That's why they would take the job. And these guys also have huge egos and convince themselves they can work anywhere. Now, if you have choices, then you can say no thanks. I've heard of some guys who I believe would be candidates who would not come here because of the setup. I've heard talk to agents who have guys who coach who say they would not send their guys here because of the setup. 
um, and because they don't want Bruce Allen in charge of personnel. Some big names there. But I also know it's one thing to say that in November, another to say it when presented an offer in January, especially if other teams don't want, don't want you like you had hoped. It's a risk for guys to say no to a job thinking that they'll get a job next year. The fans or media might view it that way, but I don't believe that a lot of coaches would feel the same way. Now let's get on to some just player questions. John Quick at jquick93 wants to know, Stephen Sims seems to be getting more playing time with Trey Quinn having a concussion. Do you see Sims being featured more? Yes, I do. And even before the concussion, Sims was starting to get more than Quinn against Carolina. I'd say it's warranted without a doubt. There are Quinn areas that Quinn is better. He can run routes for more spots. That creates more versatility. He's a better blocker. And some of Sims' inability to help there has hurt at times. But when I've rewatched the last two games, I see Sims killing guys off the line. He wins one-on-one much quicker than Quinn does. Go back and watch a couple plays against Carolina. The pass in the red zone in which Dwayne Haskins tried to hit Kelvin Harmon. By the way, I like the decision, love the throw, no issues there. But go back and see how well Sims got open. He's in the left slot, um, just destroys his guy. He was a third or fourth option on the play, but that's not the point. Watch him. Um, there could be setting something, could be something in the future to see in the red zone. Later in the game, on a third and two in which Haskins missed him after a sort of a mini scramble, Sims had caused his defender to fall down with his route. I mean, he twisted him around. I was talking to a player the other day, and his comment was, we need to find a way to involve Sims more. Yes, they do. So I could see more happening there. Finally, um, Edrisk at Captain PH Ageria wants to know, what are your thoughts on Montez Sweat's performance so far this season? Prior to the season, expectation for him was high, but now people are not really speaking highly of him as much. Was the trade-up even worth it? Well, Idris, Sweat is playing better lately and coming off his most productive pass rush day with one and a half sacks. Now, keep in mind that was coming from the left side, but both those, the sacks, the half sack and the full sack, came when a tight end was trying to block him and he won with ease. That's still good to see. That's what you want to see. I like how he's played the run. I do think it takes time for pass rushers to mature without a doubt. They have to learn how to time things up. You have to learn how he's got length. They need to let him play with his length. And I think because that's a strength of his. And I think there's sometimes you could see early in the year where he was thinking quite a bit on his rushes. Um, I do think if they moved him to a 4-3, he could be a really good right end. That's just a personal opinion. I would also say it's way too early to say whether it was worth it or not. I think we've got to see how he matures over the next year or two before we reach that point. Okay, with that, it's off to the food talk and Chef Mel. And since we're headed to Green Bay this weekend... I talk a little bit about brats, and then Chef Mel gives a stuffed salmon recipe and a burger recipe that I think you're going to want to hear. All right, back with Chef Mel, and we're coming off. You know, we had Thanksgiving a week ago. Redskins going up to Green Bay, and I learned something before we came on here. That Chef Mel's not a brats guy or not a cheese guy. Not at all. Not at all. So I'll give you before we. I want to ask you know, Mel in a minute about some some holiday stuff. But my little brats thing, and I love brats. Midwest guy, love yeah. brats, and I do it like before Ohio State whipped up on Michigan's ass. I I, I always do like a little tailgate with brats. So I boil it, and it's a Wisconsin <laughs> thing. You boil it in beer. Um, I use a dark beer, but then you throw in onions, you throw some mm. red pepper flakes, so it, it flavors up the onions, so then you, after 10 minutes, you take the 
brats, put them on the grill for about 10 minutes, and then you top all it with the onions. Flavor. Then you top it with the onions that have been soaking in the beer. And oh it's like, that's, that's the way to go. And then you have some of the dark beer too. Not that you cooked him, but yeah. it is extra. So anyways, that's my little brats thing. Not going to waste time with Mel on that. But Mel was telling me about some of the things that he was making at Thanksgiving that you can make throughout the Christmas holiday season, Christmas holiday yeah, season. like, you know, when, you, when you're doing, like, you know, your holidays and stuff, you kind of, like, want to make some meals kind of, like, to your liking and what you want uh, other than ham and turkey. Um, I, lo- I love frying turkeys during the holidays. That's one of my go-tos. And uh, we'll get more of that when you yeah. get close to Christmas, but there are some other things that you're making. Yeah, so I also made a, a salmon stuffed crab with uh, lump crab meat, so I stuffed the crab meat inside the salmon. Then I put the crab meat on top and had it crusted on top, and I did a lemon butter uh, sauce that I added on top of it. That was amazing. So I did that, and then um, what else I did? I just did like uh, some shrimp and grits, just different uh, mm. things that I just added on to the to the menu that I really enjoyed. With enjoy. the shrimp and grits, you're not putting cheese on there, are you? Because that's not your thing. Well, you know, I put it on. Or are you? Oh, yeah. All right, okay, look, here we I go. I stuck a little bit of here cheese on this one. Okay. Because right. <laughs> the shrimp and grits with the cheese is really look, good. I put a little bit of palm in there. You got to put some palm in there. Yes. You know, so I put a little palm on some cheddar. Both of those will go well. Um, but I definitely, I, I had these uh, sausages, man, from like uh, down south, like the down, down south. What called kind? Connect Sausage. Con- what's connect. I mean, whoever, you know, like whoever know about Connect, they, they let us know. So um, these are uh, nice, good flavored sausages down uh, down south, like Alabama and uh, Mississippi. Really? Marius, yeah. They're really good. Um, but other than that, yeah, you, I mean, you kind of want to just switch them up and kind of like do different meals during the holidays other than the traditional uh, things that people always, but definitely have a prime roast. You got to have, you got to yeah. have prime you gotta have that prime rib. You gotta have that going on. Do you, have that. When you get you talk about that sausage, now I know like you're doing red beans and rice. It's typically andouille sausage, right? Yeah, so yeah. Did you put that connection? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. I, it's, it's similar. Like I mean, like I said, where'd you get right that here? here? I, didn't, I didn't get that here. I got that shipped to me. That's, look at you. Yeah. Because you're like, Chef Mel. Yeah. Look, I like <laughs> look, I like to get stuff imported in and stuff like that. Things that people can't get to. I want. You know, so that's that's one thing I love. Just getting different things that people don't. Even with seasonings, I get my seasoning sometimes from different areas because I always want to be different. They had different flavors going on. Yeah, there, well, that's in your grocery store. Well, it's funny because like the regions are so different with what they use for ingredients and all that. That mm-hmm. what's your favorite region? Did you have or? We don't really have one. We don't have one at all. Um, but I do say what I like. I said like uh, I basically go with different flavors out, out the out the different seasons that I like to uh, use how do you time. like do you how do you how are you like how are you finding these flavors are you just are you reading up Man, on them nah, I mix them all together yeah. John listen it's all well, about, I know but like if there's some things that it's about compounding them all together like you put that beer inside that brat yes. and you put all that that's flavor well it is because then you experiment with the different kinds of beer too now, you know you gotta make me some now man because that sounds real good though yeah, they, they are really I'm good I'm not a big I'm not really into it but I, I, I but, will do it you know I and if you time. get it and if you get it like before the brats split so you don't yeah. want that the stuff shooting out you don't want the juices coming out, but it is really good. And, the, and then put the onions on there too that have been soaking in. Just there. imagine juice going all everywhere. Yeah, you don't want you don't want that. You don't want that. But with the with the with the stuffed crab and the and the salmon, how how long are you cooking that? Oh man, you want to cook the, the salmon for about like good fifteen minutes. It don't take long to cook that, but you want to actually get the crust and the inside of the crab kind of like baked in baked, it. Yeah. yeah, you want to bake that in there, so it don't take long. You don't want to overcook your salmon either. You know, you want to yeah, have it, you know, you want to just have the temperature just right and just, you know, let it rest. Take it out, let it rest, and let them juices come out. And, man, oh, man, you got you a bad old salmon with some crab in it. And I mean, like, because I mix the I mix the um, flavor. I don't put, like, a lot of breadcrumbs in my in my crab. Okay. And that's something I just don't do even with my crab cakes. But I actually just, you know, add a little bit just to put it together a little bit. 
and then um, add my sauce. It's all about the sauce. You got to have a sauce with the salmon. Sure. Uh, I like to use teriyaki on my salmon, different, you know, different things. But other than that, man, like, you know, just eat what you want, different things that you want to be creative with. And that's what I like to do. I just do creative different things other than uh, making turkey and ham on the holidays. You watch a lot of cooking shows? Oh, I love, man. I, I watch Top a lot. I watch, okay. um, I just be into, like, whatever I could catch. And I love them all. I like uh, beat Bobby Flay. I want to beat him one day. <laughs> okay. I'd be like, I'd be kind of thinking like, man, I want to beat that guy one good time. But um, you know, it's all about like the, the difference that when you when you're doing that is about competition. It's about being creative and sure. different flavors. That's all it is about. It's about you could have your original flavor, somewhere like you know from when you was a kid, and that could help you win. You know, so that's that's how that works sometimes. You know, it's right, your roots. I like the barbecue pitmasters, even though it's not anymore. I watch the old shows. Oh, I did too, man. Yeah. I look, I was trying to learn a little something from them yeah, guys, man. No, they, those they guys was, are good. They man, they was good. They know what they doing with that with that barbecue. What like with? Is there a barbecue sauce that you like to make that goes with anything that you're? Not really. I don't like. I don't really like using too much barbecue sauce. I like to use yeah. seasonings. I like dry. I'm over I'm, dry. I'm over guy. dry. I want to taste the meat. Yes. I want to taste the flavors all in there. Now, don't get me wrong. The sauce that kind of you know enhance and make it a little better too. But I'm all about the seasonings, man. Yeah. You put all that work in there. You want to taste that meat. You want to see it smoked. You want to see how. Oh man, how you got me all hyped well, up the, about the that wor- one? The worst one, the worst place I went to is this place in Chantilly one time, and I won't say it, but like we, they got the ribs there, yeah. and there was they slathered it with sauce, and I'm like, <laughs> they, but they did that, they did that because they had no flavor otherwise, man. And I could tell right away, it's like this is the only reason you yeah, put you, that. And there's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you drizzling all that sauce on it, you taking away from the, you know, the ribs and whatever else meat that you have on there. I, I'm not about that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Now you gotta try my burger out too. Now I got Your a burger. Good, oh man, I got a good burger that's good. Give me, I, give me. Let's give it I up right now. Some red onions that you add into it, the mix. Into the mix. You mix it up and then you flavor it. And you put seasoning in it. And you flavor your burger. Use that Angus beef. Oh my god. What, what, when you're putting flavors in there? Because you know, I think a big mistake people make with their burgers, they don't flavor the inside. So that's what, what I do. I yes, flavor the inside. So I, I want to flavor my inside, and then I top it what off you, on the outside with a little bit of seasoning, and I use um. A, a little bit of a Mexican season I use with that too on top. I'll tell you more about that. Okay, well, give me, what, what's what's the one or two ingredients you're going to put inside to flavor? Uh, definitely salt and pepper you're going to yes. add and uh, some uh, the John mustard, just a little, like yep. about a tablespoon of that. And uh, definitely got to use the egg to hold it together. And um, I'll use a little bit of ketchup too. I'll use some Worcestershire sauce. I use that too. Garlic. Yeah. Garlic and some onion powder. And then, but I also put a little. Are I you put been some, in my recipe book, man. I, I think, I, I think you know what else you been in there. But you know what else I put in there? Some brown sugar, light brown sugar. Oh. That, you know that gives it some flavor. And then sometimes what I'll do too is like, this isn't necessarily the best thing because it can it can lead it to, you don't want it like falling apart or like that. Or, yeah. But like what I'll do is I'll also saute um, mushrooms and onions mm. in the butter, and I'll drizzle some of that on top of it. Now, because you know, if you do too much of it, it's it's gonna fall apart, and you don't. It's not good. Yeah, I had mine fall apart yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, no, you don't want to do. It, but you do a little bit just to add some flavor, and then I also flavor on the top on the outside because I just like. I remember watching a cooking competition one time, and somebody was, I think it was um, Top Chef, where like yeah. they didn't flavor the burgers, and I was screaming at the TV. Oh man, that happens. And then something like, and when you flavor it, and then sometimes like it fall apart. You be like, oh man, right. all that flavor. Right. It, you know, it just, you know, I make mistakes, guys. Yes. I mean, I'm not perfect. I make some mistakes, 
But, you know, in the kitchen, you want to just go back in there and just figure out what you did wrong, and it's going to come out much better. And I'll so stuff it sometimes. With, I'll stuff it sometimes with, sometimes with cheese. Mm. Sometimes with cheese. You, but you not, love, like, I think you love cheese a lot, man. You well, I, but cheese, I, know, I do use some of it, but I don't eat a lot of it. Oh, but I will okay. cook with it sometimes in various recipes because it, it fits. Same here. I don't eat a lot of Same it. Same here. I, I love, you know, to put a little bit of cheese in different recipes, but I try to stay away from it as yeah. much as possible. I mean, guys, no offense to the cheese heads and people that love cheese. I'm trying to be a little bit healthier on my on my side of things, <laughs> and I feed these guys out here at Redskins Parks. You know these players, and I want to make sure they eat good and clean. There we go. I think we'll end on that note, Mel. Yes, sir. All right. Talk to you next week. Yes, sir. That's it for this week. I want to thank Dwayne Haskins for joining me for a conversation about Alex Smith. I hope you enjoyed that, and thank you for your mailbag questions. And as always, thanks to Chef Mel for dropping some food knowledge. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.